Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the EPP Group Podcast. I am your host, Anna Gumbau, and today we will be talking about the gender pay gap. According to the European Commission, in the EU, women are paid roughly about 14% less than men uh, per hour. Added together, this is the equivalent to two months of a salary that women are paid less uh, than men. So why is this still happening? And why is it that women still earn less than their uh, male colleagues? Economic empowerment is one of the priorities of the EPP group of the European Parliament. And this is something that we are going to be talking about today with some really great guests that are joining us today. With us are uh, Sirpa Pietikainen, member of the European Parliament. Thank you very much for joining us. Good to be here. Also with us is member of the European Parliament, Maria Walsh, also from the EPP group. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And joining, joining us as well is Mary Collins. She's a senior policy and advocacy coordinator with the European Women's Lobby. Mary, thanks a lot for being with Thank us. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation. Let's get the conversation started. Uh, frankly, I still cannot believe that we are still talking about a gender pay gap. So, Ms. Petikainen, could you talk to us through a little bit? Like, why is it persisting? Why are the co what are the causes? That's well, this is still happening. Good that you asked this because uh, we need to understand what are the root causes so that we can really tackle them. Mm -hmm. And I would start with the fact that we do not have very accurate information mm -hmm. because each and every member state calculates slightly differently uh, about the pay categories, uh, the demands of the work, and so. So actually, you do not have exact correct uh, uh, correct uh, comparability. And then it is, for the member states, this kind of a justification, you know, they are uh, calculating it this, uh, differently and actually you can't compare these two figures and so on. This is one fact. The another one is, uh, and I'm a bit uh, upset with the Commission, this, that uh, this directive on equal pay has been quite long-standing directive and none of the member states have been sued by the Commission on the court of not putting it in place in enforcement. And I think that at some point they, they actually should do that. Uh, the third point is that uh, these are quite often uh, that kind of un, unconscious biases. Mm -hmm. When uh, bosses happen to be men, they judge the competencies of a female candidate and a male candidate. Mm -hmm unknowingly slightly different and their performance in the work slightly differently. Mm -hmm. So they have this kind of a <clears throat> blue pink glasses to say uh, on, on, on their eyes. Mm -hmm. And fourthly, and this is one of the biggest that they actually makes this 40% even bigger, is that we have a uh, huge segregation in work markets. Mm -hmm. Certain areas tend to be very female-dominated, uh, like care sector, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. certain, like engineering, uh, very male-dominated. And generally, mm -hmm. in male-dominated areas, you pay higher salaries than female-dominated. Mm -hmm. And that this is the equal uh, <coughs> pay for equally demanding work. Right. And the question is, is it as worthy and difficult to take care of the human beings mm -hmm. than it is to take care of the cars? Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and just to add to Sirpa's point, if you don't mm -hmm. mind me coming in there, uh, it, to everything that Sirpa has just shared, there is a, there is a broken belief system historically. 
Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we were chatting before we went online. Um, 50 years ago, Ireland joined the European Union or mm -hmm. the European Economic Community at the time. Uh, Prior to us joining, uh, there was this element called the marriage bar. So if a woman worked in a public sector role and got mm -hmm. married, she must leave it uh, in order to care for the home. And that was only 50 years ago. And I, mm -hmm. I often mm -hmm. see uh, wide-eyed young women in particular when I share this, when I visit schools across mm -hmm. the, the constituency of Midlands Northwest in, in Ireland. Um, and that is the historical breakdown that we have yet to pick up on um, um, and yet to break. And to everything that Sirpa just shared, that biased belief, we simply do not have uh, enough data. And then when you cannot data track it, you cannot change it. Hence the reason why this pay transparency directive mm -hmm. is incredibly important. And the role that mm -hmm. Sirpa has played in terms of having IGA in it is incredibly important so that we actually are not sitting here in 50 years time having the exact same conversation, mm -hmm. finger pointing at the commission or the council or member states for not actually uh, putting equality at the very core of, of, mm -hmm. of what this whole European Union mm -hmm. is about, that fundamental mm -hmm. principle. That's interesting because something that, that really um, shocks me sometimes is that there's, I think, the general assumption that this gender pay gap has been breached, that uh, mm -hmm. we've finally reached equality in the workplace, where it, doesn't, it seems that there's nothing farther from the truth. So can either of you maybe give, me, give us a few more examples on, on how this, this gender pay gap is, is manifesting and happening in practice? Mary, in probably your work, you see it. Mm -hmm. Evidently yep. more clear. Am, am I right in saying that? I could give you examples to the cows, come well, on, but I, I want to make sure. I want to make sure Mary comes in from mm -hmm. an actual female yep. female perspective or women's perspective mm -hmm. across the EU. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I certainly agree with everything that was said. I mean, the gender pay gap has been persistent for ever. Basically, we're talking about it for the last 60 years. But I think also. Um, we need to look at what we mean by value, because we're talking about equal mm -hmm. pay for equal work and work of mm -hmm. equal value. And I think it's the issue of value for us that is really at the core. And because we're in a gender segregated labor market, it's often been said you can't compare apples with oranges, etc. Mm. But we do need to find a mechanism that mm -hmm. cuts across all the different sectors, because if there's a high concentration of women, say, in the health and care and education, we see that they are the sectors where they're the lowest pay. And then we look at other sectors like um, the car manufacturing sector, finance, etc., tech, high tech, um, online platforms, etc. There are more men concentrated there and the pay is much higher. So we need to put place the value of care mm -hmm. into the equation. And if I may say also just to kind of um, add to what was already said. One of the main um, barriers is that we're still talk about the male breadwinner model. And that model today mm -hmm. is obsolete. It's obsolete for many women because it does shape um, the definition of a worker, 40, 45 years uninterrupted career, which for the majority of women does not at all um, match their experience. And I think more and more today for men, and particularly younger men, it no longer fits the case either. So we need to move from an equal, uh, in, from the male breadwinner model to mm. an equal earners, equal mm. carers, so that we actually do look at the possibility of stepping in and out of the labour market and of also assuming care responsibilities throughout our lives. Because as it was pointed out, there are two sides of the coin in the gender pay gap. There is the pension, and the mm -hmm. pension gap is 
incredibly high. And it shows the accumulation of the gender pay gap throughout women's lives. Now, the figures again, and Sirpa talked about the data, so they're all figures about gender pension gap. But if we really look at the three pillars of the pension system, we actually can see that there's a gender pension gap of up to 40%. Imagine, wow, 40%. It's incredible. So it means, what does it mean? It means that women are poor as they age and get poorer as well. So there are those two sides of the coin and we really need to get to the root causes and the root causes is about the value of work. What do we value as a society and how can we ensure that there's equal sharing of caring as well? And they're really the issues that we need to need to tackle because as well as that, if we close the gender pay gap, which we have to do because it's just not acceptable in 2022, that women still earn uh, on average 14% uh, less than men. And in some countries it's even higher that percentage. But also it means that women's economic independence is being jeopardized and they remain dependent either on a partner or on the state. Mm -hmm. And that is just totally unacceptable because economic independence is absolutely paramount for women. Mm -hmm. Gives them real choices in their lives. For example, the choice, you know, the possibility to be able to leave a violent partner. Uh, for many women, because they are really trapped in um, economically dependency on their partner, they can't leave. So there are some of the issues that we really need um, to tackle as well, and particularly the gender pension gap, because that is absolutely dire. Mm-hmm. And that will only continue if we continue the model mm-hmm. of the male breadwinner model. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This and is something. I, oh, no, I was going to say. I think it creates ripple effects to Mary's and, and Sirpa's points also. That um, another personal anecdote is mm-hmm. my my mother uh, had four children. Uh, my dad had a, a construction job. My mother also had a very uh, strong job uh, mm-hmm. as a manager uh, in a in a company in Boston, Massachusetts. Due to the tax breaks, it was less. It was mm-hmm. easier on the family if she stepped back and, and became uh, mm-hmm. a home exactly. carer. Um, so it is yeah. a ripple effect exactly. of not just seeing the data through this pay transparency directive, mm-hmm. but also making sure, uh, to Mary and Sirpa's point, that when we're talking about entrepreneurial and growing mm-hmm. business at, at ed- education level, at a young level, mm-hmm. that we are also teaching mm-hmm. women uh, and other minority groups uh, better negotiation skills, uh, mm-hmm. better uh, financial literacy, so that mm-hmm. when they do grow their own business, and it seems like we're taking two edges of, 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 mm-hmm. of, uh, of a stick and really making it happen quite quickly, mm-hmm. um, that they're also growing their businesses that are built on <laughs> equal pay for equal work mm-hmm. and not starting at Definitely. a lower deficit because they are female. And simply because we do not have the data to say a female engineer owns this, so if you create a business, this is the type of, of money you should be earning for yourself and for your other employees. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. is a ripple effect into various forums yeah. and mm-hmm. ultimately as both both mm-hmm. were sharing mm-hmm. uh, the value we place on women and their participation mm-hmm. in the marketplace mm-hmm. Sirpa, i think exactly <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh the only thing i need to add on what you said is amen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because ex- exactly uh, this isn't the crooks yeah. and they are that kind of a distortive structure still in some of our member mm-hmm. states mm-hmm. that sort of incentivize or even force women mm-hmm. to take more care responsibility and stay at home. Yeah, exactly. And what mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. besides the lower salaries is, as you mentioned, that it is staggering 40% lower pensions mm-hmm. what the women are uh, getting and while women are living longer that means mm-hmm. that the big part of our pensioners mm-hmm. are um, low-income women 
who struggle yeah. to get the services. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, exactly. we know what is the state of the long-term care that is uh, below yeah. the, the standards in the Europe. These women exactly. can't buy private care for yeah. themselves. These are, in quotes, on the mercy of other women that are poorly paid and under-resourced mm -hmm. yeah. to take care of the other yeah. women. So if this is not an equality question, the whole care and pension and yeah. how it is linked mm -hmm. to pay structures, I just exactly. wonder what, yeah. would, what would be... Absolutely. I think this is also the exactly. point when, um, uh, Maria, you were mentioning the, the importance of financial literacy and I think that's so important. I mean, I'm someone that I'm personally quite interested in all the issues related to personal finance and like, I follow like, all mm -hmm. sorts of accounts and try to get myself informed about that. And if it wasn't because of that, it wasn't, if it wasn't because of this source of, of personal interest and, and, you know, little hobby, if you want to call it mm -hmm. like that, I, would ha I wouldn't have heard before about the gender pension gap and I wouldn't have yeah. thought about exactly. it. That there's some, that this is something that I must be keeping in mind already uh, from a relatively early uh, early age. It's uh, it's quite shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can, may I just come in also? Oh, sorry. No, no. Please go ahead. Whoever, yeah. Okay, thank you. No, just to say that from an economic perspective, so from a global economic perspective, I mean, it makes economic sense for women to earn equally and even more because mm -hmm. they will contribute more to the tax revenue. They will contribute more to social security contributions. And therefore, the state can really play its role of redistribution. Mm -hmm. And particularly in today's context, where there's ramping increase in energy prices, food prices, where inflation is at our doorstep, the public purse needs more income. So mm -hmm. it really is very important for the whole of society yeah. and for women themselves but for the whole economic model so that we can keep the economic wheel turning. So it makes economic sense as well to ensure that women mm -hmm. have the possibility of contributing more because they're still in some countries. Women are, if they're married, they're also being taxed um, as, as if they were a dependent on their husbands. So we, you know, the individualization of rights as well, mm. this would be, would make more sense for everybody. So it, everybody wins, everybody wins at the end of the day. Exactly, uh, exactly. And uh, there are two points. First is that, uh, of course, I'm not claiming that women are better than men, but more <laughs> men are better than women. And so having more women in economic life, in workplaces, and also in the higher positions of economy and uh, work life and leadership, would mean that we almost double the competencies and the, mm -hmm. the, the, the innovations and whatever it is, and we create mm -hmm. the diversity that is always good for the business. Mm -hmm. So that would be yeah. good for the economic and society, as you said. But besides that, mm -hmm. when you referred on this uh, economic literacy, um, <clears throat> maybe my background was that my mother and father always taught me that I need to count and learn to count. I was uh, early, uh, about my six years mm -hmm. or whatever, so this is the penny and now you need to count how <laughs> yeah. many pennies you need for the ice cream and what you save and what you can mm -hmm. use the money. And for that one, that, okay, you take care of your own money and you make the planning. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, actually, <clears throat> it led me to be uh, graduated from Helsinki School of Economics and Business Administration. And then suddenly I've noted that actually not all of the people do get that kind of a background and education mm -hmm. at school or at universities. Men mm -hmm. tend to do, uh, to do it at some phase in engineering 
in economics, in tech, tech or some parts, but they are still part of the women that feel uncomfortable and intimidated by the fact that yeah. someone is saying, this is too costly, mm -hmm. when it is only a mm -hmm. question of a preferences. Mm -hmm. And this is, this my car is very yeah. reasonable investment. And so mm -hmm. to really handle the negotiations about the salary, the own value in the workplace, about the mm -hmm. company's direction and business and be it whatever, the women really should sort of stood up and take the economic leadership. Mm -hmm. We would get back a better economics as well. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah. I think the other folds too, and this might be uh, probably a question that might come up later on in terms of what do we do now is, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're four powerful women uh, talking, mm -hmm. uh, talking about the, the gender pay gap. This is what politics looks like if we have more women yeah. and more equality into our political systems, as well as onto <laughs> our boards. Uh, as well as growing in our SME sector, again, not to make it too Irish, but uh, I was always uh, I was always, I was blown away in 2019 European elections, where when you met businesses at local or rural-led businesses, small small entities, indigenous businesses, mm -hmm. um, it was predominantly women. So 60% of our women mm -hmm. exactly. uh, in rural Ireland uh, uh, runs those businesses. Exactly. But yet, when you look at all that has been shared to date. Um, by both Sirpa and Mary. Um, if you run an indigenous uh, trade business, you're less likely to get investment because you're not manufacturing yeah. or, uh, or investing exactly. overseas. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But you are exactly. also keeping rural towns, villages, other oh. young, mm -hmm. more than likely part-time workers, often mothers mm -hmm. uh, in, in business, um, which is incredibly important to our growing EU. So if we had, it's so incredibly important when we look at all facets. Mm -hmm. um, and these type yes. of conversations, I mean, uh, Sirpa and I negotiated on behalf of the EPP. I think there was only one male, uh, Mark Angle from the S&D, who was involved in negotiations, yep. uh -huh. all women. And that mm. just goes to show you the power that yes. enough is enough. 2022, we need to change this. But we also have a lot more work to do to make sure our commissioner or council are actually mm -hmm. playing ball. And we exactly. don't end up like the women in board directive where we're discussing this in 10 years time. Like that's incredibly mm -hmm. important. So a lot of different factors at exactly. play in terms of when we look at equality and, and, and pay as, as overall. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah. That exactly. was a little bit my, my follow-up question in terms of, of uh, policies. Like what is really needed at this stage to be closing the, the gender pay gap? I mean, uh, Sherpa, you mentioned before the, uh, uh, I guess, the very unequal enforcement, right? Uh, of, uh, or, or that there's not enough enforcement of the, of the Equal Pay Directive as it currently stands. So is it a matter of improving that and doing, like, having some mechanisms that, that can improve that? Um, what, what, do you, uh, what do you think? Well, I would start, and thank you, uh, Maria, for wonderful leadership with you in this pay transparency mm. negotiations. I think that we from the EPP really made a, a, a good part of the work, mm. not only in the statistics and gathering the information, but getting the diversity and gender perspective in so that we are talking about effective knowledge pre uh, your work contract and uh, afterwards. You, uh, uh, you get enough uh, uh, assurance that different kind of qualities and uh, work competencies are mm -hmm. taken into account when you make this evaluation about uh, the value of the work, the demandness of the work, and so it is not only the same pay for the same work, even though that is important, 
or extending the scope so that it is uh, very directly on the public sector. The government should prepare the activities there as, as well, not only the private companies. So I think that this would sort of uh, reveal the situation mm -hmm. even better and then the benchmarking between member states mm -hmm. would start the, the, the process of sort of a showing fingers for the goodies and for the baddies. Yeah, mm -hmm. essentially knowledge mm -hmm. is power. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. if we're talking about it um, and working with uh, uh, Mary's organization with MEPs from right across, because uh, Sirpa and I, 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 I'm fair to say, we believe in the compromise and negotiation from, uh, from every political party. Otherwise, mm -hmm. everything fails if we are not working together. Um, that's why I think the Pay Transparency Directive was so powerful. And, and is, while it's moving slow, is moving uh, mm -hmm. in all presidencies. Um, mm -hmm. And it's incredibly important that we look at what do we need to do? What offering do we need to give women um, and those who identify as mm -hmm. women um, in terms of knowledge about pay, uh, mm -hmm. about what they're not mm -hmm. seeing in their paycheck, what they are seeing in their paycheck, and ultimately when they start uh, to either start their careers or are reskilling, retraining, entering into different careers, are understanding what their what their value mm -hmm. is, and not just mm. in terms of education and skills force, but what's their yeah. emotional intelligence worth to that exactly. business? I mean, that is powerful, yeah. um, and that that's where, yeah. uh, to Sirpa's point, mm -hmm. knowledge is that power powerful mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Maria. And if I may add, if mm -hmm. I may add to that, I was I would also add that money is power, mm. and that we absolutely mm -hmm. need to have a, a holistic approach, because we need, for example, coming back to the European Union. We have a European Green Deal. We have a digital agenda because we want to, you know, transform into um, a low carbon green economy. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, there's a missing pillar. Mm -hmm. And we are calling for a European care deal because that would mean mm -hmm. that there would be targeted investments. Because while the European care strategy partially responds to the issue of care, it doesn't go far enough because there are no earmarked um, funds our investments that go into that sector. So we believe that caring for the planet and caring for each other, they're part mm -hmm. of the same continuum. Mm -hmm. And we need to really reframe it because within that model then we can look at issues like equal pay, we can look at you know, equal earners, equal care, carers, and we can really look at the value of the sector for, for the whole of society and also for women and for men as well. Because it's also, we talked about biases and we can see that men still are very reluctant about going into the care sector because they're not seen to be really, you know, very serious about their career. So we need to also dispel those kind of stereotypes, which maintain, which keep men away from that sector as well. But what we would like to see, and perhaps there's an opportunity in the midterm review of the Recovery and Resilience Fund, um, which should be coming up, I think, um, February next year. But maybe this is an opportunity to really place these issues at the core of the funding mechanisms and particularly uh, next generation EU, because at the end of the day, it will be the next generation that will be picking up the pieces of the decisions that have been made today. So I think we need this holistic approach in which equal pay is very much at the core as well and equal value. We'll come back to the whole issue of valuing again and what skills, people-centered skills, are really of high value because caring for somebody, somebody else, is a massive responsibility, um, which we, you know, continue to take women for granted and use them as really cheap labour because we feel mm. that they're 
you know, it's on their shoulders, you know, the stereotypes are still there. And we need mm -hmm. to really put all of this on the, on the table as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Merit mentioned the EU care strategy, which is one of the files that has also been uh, imposed by the uh, EPP group. I don't know if Maria mm -hmm. or Sherpa would want to add anything about that and, and some other of the files that uh, the EPP has been pushing forward in making the economic empowerment of women a, a reality. Could you repeat? I couldn't hear the file, uh, what you meant. Uh, the the uh, EU care strategy. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. If I uh, may start with that one, uh, uh, funny that I asked, what did you say? Because I was the rapporteur, <laughs> the co-rapporteur of that strategy. But uh, Mary, I, I really fully agree with you about the care deal. And uh, there was uh, <clears throat> a lot of important uh, points what we raised. Point number one, people are not uh, owned by the member states. So that way you can't say it is only in sovereign, uh, sovereignty issues, yeah. how they are served or dealt, uh, dealt and, and cared if they are unable to, uh, to, to defend their own rights. The human rights belong to old and young and uh, to male and we females and we know all the story. And there's a lot what we need to do on the care. But then if you look at it from the uh, gender perspective, mm -hmm. I mentioned that this is so uh, vastly female-dominated area. And if you combine the fact that the majority of the clients are mm. female mm -hmm. and yeah. the people working in the public sector are female, the people working in private sector are female, and surprise, mm. surprise, the informal carers mm. are over 70% they are female. So exactly. uh, the, this is a huge gender issue that is combined mm -hmm. with the gender, uh, no advancement in, in work, uh, a huge uh, underpaid value, under-resourced, so there's too, too little people working in the area and all that. And so it's a huge package we need to look as the whole package and take care of that. Otherwise, we can't sort of uh, take care of the care, but we can't mm -hmm. either solve the... Uh, gender issue if we don't tackle this care. Who takes care mm -hmm. at home? It should be divided half and half uh, by, by the uh, uh, spouses, whatever sex the spouses happen to be, or gender. And it should be also uh, guarant uh, guaranteed the pension rights in the case of the informal care. Exactly. There we should exactly. ensure uh, proper uh, working conditions, proper salaries, uh, proper uh, also, and this is the, uh, the, the two issues, the work-life balance directive, by the way, one, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, one, uh, again, EPP person that, that put that uh, forward and in, in commission, plus then uh, the, uh, the, the issue, uh, how much we actually uh, take care and the rights of the people working in domestic sectors that is still sort of this kind of an undisclosed, unregulated sector. So lots and lots to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Just to add, to add into that, because we mentioned earlier on, it's the Women on Boards Directive mm -hmm. that we actually just recently passed but had been worked on for many years. Mm -hmm. Sadly, though, uh, we're not going to see that come in, uh, be transposed and come into national law until uh, June 2026, if I have it right. Um, uh, uh, which outrageous is, which long is outrageous time. when you think um, we are now in 2022. Um, 
if this even the pay transparency directive gets negotiated at the speed of which we yeah. uh, want it to happen we're still looking <clears throat> at at least three to five years between that gets mm. uh, get, comes into comes into national mm -hmm. law yeah. which is yeah. outrageous and at that point where we have is mm -hmm. uh, similar to the women on board directives. We have some member states and some companies doing really, really well, sharing best practices. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then we have an imbalance uh, from right across the board. And yeah. then we are pushing projects like the Erasmus mm -hmm. Plus project, where we're encouraging young mm -hmm. people uh, to go out into the EU and really experience it. And then we have, uh, mm -hmm. they take up their first role or second job or studying elsewhere. And then we mm -hmm. have that uh, incredibly poor in balance of what happens on one side of the EU mm -hmm, yeah. and the other. And then we're not growing as an EU and therefore always at loss is women uh, and minority groups. Yep. But just on the Women and Boards Directive, um, so in 2026, by then, uh, the directive aims to in introduce transparent recruitment procedures in companies so that at least 40% of uh, non-executive directors posts or 30% of director posts are occupied by uh, the opposite sex, so the underrepresented. I wanted to read that so I'm not spreading disinformation mm -hmm. uh, and perhaps mm -hmm. lightening some folks, particularly women and minority groups out there, that when they see opportunity or ask to get involved, uh, in changing their gender, uh, be it uh, best practices or company procedures or getting involved in mm -hmm. politics, that that mm -hmm. number absolutely annoys the hell mm -hmm. out of them. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's the only reason why or how we're going to actually create and change the speed so we're yeah. not waiting until 2026 to have yeah. this transposed. And I think that's incredibly Certainly. powerful statement that I wanted women, particularly women, yeah. to, to hear from this. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, yeah, Maria. Absolutely. And perhaps one last question then to, to wrap up. Um, I believe that many of our listeners will want to, to know more and, and get involved and, uh, and do their share to uh, help bridge mm -hmm. and eventually close the, the gender pay gap. What would each one of you uh, tell them that they, could, uh, that they could do? Maria, Mary, maybe we can start right with you. Okay, thank you so much. So I would first of all say, remember, go back mm -hmm. to COVID we saw that women were on the front line. Mm -hmm. They were holding up the society. They were the backbone. The society would have collapsed if they weren't yeah. there. And I think it was also, we clapped them. We clapped them in, at the beginning. But it was also a wake-up call for everybody to say, oh, wow, they earn so little. Their working conditions are so poor. Um, they're low-skilled. So I think all of that we need to remember. We need mm -hmm. to remember that... We need to challenge what we mean by low skill. Is it only, you know, high skilled education that actually gives you the value of your job? So they're the kind of issues I would um, suggest that people remember and bring back into the forefront as we move through the post-COVID um, crisis. But also I would say to women and men who are working out there to join a trade union. Equal pay is not an individual deficiency. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you need to sort out yourself. It's a structural issue. And it really is by joining a collective body that we will be able to bring these issues further up the agenda. And I would also point out that in online platforms, the tech um, industry, that is absolutely crucial that there are collective mechanisms for negotiating mm -hmm. put in place as well, because we saw what happened with Twitter uh, you know, the hiring and firing very quickly. So really to, to, to join a, a trade union. And I'd just like to say also, finally, um, final word, is that I think pay in Europe is still a taboo. 
We don't talk mm -hmm. about it. We don't ask each other how much do we earn, etc. Mm -hmm. I think we need to smash that taboo. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be afraid of it. It's working in all of our interests for us to ensure that women have equal pay. Mm -hmm. And we cannot be sitting here again, as somebody said, in 50 years' time still talking about this issue. Mm -hmm. So get out there, talk about it, smash the taboo. It's okay to talk about pay and we need to talk about it. Thank you so much, Mary. Maria Sherpa, anything that you would want to add? Um, I mean, from, from uh, uh, listen, transparency is key. That's what this directive will do. Um, if you're working for an organization um, and you want to learn more, ask if there's a HR or, or a director or a boss, ask them what is their standards or procedures for equal pay. Um, scary reality sometimes, so to Mary's point, trade union or a collective group of voices that, that can really uh, call on that. If you are building a business right now, and I think one of the benefits, dare I say, coming out of the pandemic is we have so many fantastic opportunities. Women were sitting, uh, working at home, creating these ideas, and now they're moving into, uh, into really building their businesses. Mm -hmm. And what is it as public representatives or local authorities can be doing um, and making sure that as you're growing your business, you're also a part of the equal pay conversation. Because if you are a yeah. woman, or, uh, or a male or, or non-binary, uh, that you're also starting the process right versus mm -hmm. what we have now where we're trying to work with companies who've been building and are at uh, thousands of employees mm -hmm. and working back. So I think that's incredibly important. Um, and, and are you involved in the conversation? Uh, how can you mm -hmm. grow your financial literacy yourself and bring in other mm -hmm. women to do that uh, with you also? The list is endless. I always say, get involved, uh, speak up, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and ultimately so that we are not having the same conversation for the next generation. Mm -hmm. I think that is key. Yeah. Um, it it mm -hmm. is a burden that it's left to the shoulders of women now, uh, but I bring it back to the women 50 years ago who had to leave their jobs in Ireland because mm -hmm. they got married, and the deficit mm -hmm. there in terms of pension and pay gap is astronomical, yeah. and we don't want to continue on that uh, yeah. that 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 stupidity in many ways from from a governmental yeah, perspective yeah. Uh, that that continues. Sorry, it's here, I'll, I'll park it there and leave the last words mm. to the finish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, once again endorse all what you have said. Uh, that couple of points. Number one is uh, ask uh, your boss what are the justifications mm. for the pay. Good boss mm -hmm. and good governance in the company and public sector can always justify why you are paid like this, why I'm paid like this, why you are paid like that. And if they can't, if they don't want to disclose, something is wrong. So mm -hmm. it's not the shame, it's not your shame uh, exactly. if you are paid pay, and you are not worse if you are not paid this or yeah, yeah. Uh, that. Secondly, as you said, join drain the unions. Especially, yep. uh, women are still underrepresented, mm -hmm. and if trade unions aren't always the angels either, you need to balance there the, mm -hmm. the, yeah, the yeah. importance of yeah. the gender mm -hmm. aspect. Third, try to avoid false entrepreneurship. What I mean by that is, if yeah. you are a nurse, then yeah. you're actually serving the same organization mm -hmm. where you need, uh, was mm -hmm. salaried and yeah. you are just labeled yeah. as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. the one client and then independent, uh, yeah. in, and yeah. independent and uh, none mm -hmm. of the laws will ever protect you yeah. and, and uh, exactly. the salary is worse. 
so don't be mm -hmm. fooled. Mm -hmm. Then join political parties. EPP yeah. is an excellent choice. I recommend it, <laughs> of course. Uh, and make a revo revolution and make more people like me and Maria to, to work for these topics yeah. in all of the parties, in EPP, for example, so that we can real, really, because you need mm -hmm. to win the, the battle in politics and you need to win it in yes, all of yeah. the parties. Mm -hmm. So whatever is your mm -hmm. preference, please join the politics and um, mm -hmm. be active. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Be active, let's start a revolution. I believe we just had a very <laughs> powerful conversation with uh, three real uh, power women. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Silva Pietikainen, Maria Walsh and Mary Collins for having joined us in this episode. Frankly, I believe, uh, <laughs> I, I hope we never have to have this conversation again, or that we will end, uh, stop having this kind of conversations about gender pay gap mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. But it's great that the three of you have uh, joined and shared the wisdom and also a call to action, I believe, which is very powerful. Thank you very much to all of you also in our audience who have joined us in uh, this episode today. You can follow the EPP group and keep up with their activity also in the field of gender equality through, uh, across their social media channels. And we see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. <laughs>